food will always be always be the center of economy always be the center of development always be always be that foundation for life it's not just an idea it's actually something that is going to be the longevity because for us as native nations we have that sovereign ability to create food systems for ourselves Empowering Lakota youth and families. Empowering Lakota youth and families. Empowering Lakota youth and, and families to improve the health, culture, and environment of our communities. To improve the health, culture, and environment of our communities. To improve the health, culture, and environment of our communities. Through the healing and strengthening. Through the healing and strengthening. Through the healing and strengthening of cultural identity. Of cultural identity. Of cultural identity. Of cultural identity. This is our mission statement. Hello, my relatives. My name is Arlo Ironcloud. I'm your host and voice for the Thunder Valley CDC podcast. I'm the communication coordinator here, but that's only part of my work. One of my part-time jobs is working at our local radio station, KILI Radio. This media entity has been the hub for communications on the Pioneer Reservation for 37 years. It's election time here for the Pioneers Reservation, and I've been interviewing candidates. I've been doing this for almost 10 years. Over the course of my career of interviewing candidates, leaders, and change makers, I have this one question. This question is always in my back pocket and ready to pounce when my interviewee starts talking about the future, self-determination, or reliance, especially the word sovereignty. This is the question. What is sovereignty and what does that look like in our communities? This question is worded to the best of my abilities. This is my favorite part in asking this question. I'm not looking to embarrass my relatives, but I am hoping to be impressed because as a community member, I wanna know. I usually get answers like, we need to make the government accountable for treaties or we need to create economic development These are all great answers, but lack visibility. However, this question will stop a candidate in their political tracks or any other leader for that matter. Why is visibility so important? Because seeing is believing. It's difficult to see the United States of America adhere to treaties, especially during this administration, let alone acknowledge them. It's hard to see economic development without capital especially in one of the poorest areas we know. Don't get me wrong. A lot of the answers I get, they're all possible. It's just a long shot in the visibility realm. It wasn't until my Tranchi talked about food sovereignty. What is food sovereignty and what does Tranchi mean? Well, Tranchi basically means cousin and food sovereignty is something visible. Food sovereignty um, was coined by, uh, by, by the members of the Via Campesina in 1996. Um, and, and what it talks about is the assertion that the people who produce, distribute, and consume food should control the mechanisms and policies of food production. 
and distribution. That's my Takashi, Nick Hernandez. He is the food sovereignty director here at Thunder Valley CDC. I guess the question f- phrased that uh, Mike Tanashi was talking about was sovereignty. Um, and, the, and, the, and for me, so- sovereignty is, is kind of one of those, it's kind of one of those coined, it's kind of one of those coined um, terms of this basically last, last 40 or 50 years. But when we talk about specifically what I, what I deal with is, is food sovereignty. The term food sovereignty is basically talking about being able to own, being able to control um, on the realm of, of local production. You know, having, having the local community have a say in what food should be growing and put into, and put into the local food systems. Foods that are culturally appropriate, Basically, that have a right to define. Basically, you have the right to define your own food system and agricultural and agricultural systems. So, I mean, sovereignty alone is is a is a term that uh, that 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 is utilized in you know in 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 terminology of 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 nations and the terminology of of governments. And it's it's a term that's always thrown around. I mean, you're gonna hear about it during um, you know political seasons, but also you're more gonna hear about it during you know government to government relations. So for the, like the Ogla Lakota Yate and the uh, and the IRA government, um, in which we uh, in which we um, utilize sovereignty uh, is is that term. You know, being able to talk about you know the rights of the people the ownerships, the appropriations, and, and, and whatnot. Um, but for us as Lakota people, um, you know, sovereignty is, 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 always what we've, is always what we've had and always will have, you know, as a, as, as a people of, as a people of Uchimaka, as a people of Turtle Island. And so, I mean, it's, it's a term. For us, it's a term, but in understanding, you know, it's, it's connection. Sovereignty is something that we that we already possess, and it's something that we already utilize. I mean, we talk about you know Wolokota, we talk about Madakuyase. I mean, those those are terms that are that are that are culturally relevant and and specific, you know, to to systems. And so for for me, and being the director of the Food Sovereignty Initiative, you know, when I talk about when we talk about food systems development. When we talk about food sovereignty, we're talking about we're, t- we're, t- we're talking about everything that exists, everything that comes into play in growing food, everything that comes into play in creating jobs, everything that comes into play in growing economy is all relevant. You know, everything is relevant when you start talking about growing things, um, when you start talking about producing shipping distribution and so you know the term food sovereignty is is culturally specific because it deals with everything that goes into food systems development so this was created a comprehensive food hud and grocery store feasibility study to assist in creating a scalable and viable food system that enhances food sovereignty, cultural, and self-determination. 
Thunder Valley Community Development Corporation, in partnership with Sweetgrass Consulting, LLC, initiated, developed, and released an extensive food hub and grocery store feasibility study this year. The study was made available to the public on September 29, 2018. The goal of the study is to better understand the wants and needs of our communities on the Pinehurst Reservation related to food access, food production, buying and selling local. Thunder Valley wanted to understand if it is feasible to have a new grocery store and food hub to serve our communities. If Thunder Valley is well positioned to take responsibility for making these available to our communities, and if so, evidence-based recommendations as how to make this happen in a good way. The extensive report includes many recommendations related to creating a food hub and grocery store with healthy, affordable, and accessible foods. The recommendations were made with a spirit toward greater political sovereignty and cultural self-determination. We started this study at the end of the spring this year. Initially, we started with the feasibility study for a grocery store, but it was a, a good opportunity to include the food hub. Most of the information that I needed for the business planning was the industry and marketing analysis for both the grocery store and food hub. So we had the leverage to gather the information straight from the area we are servicing. We were able to educate the communities and systems on the reservation of the <coughs> advantages of having our own food hub. Also, being hands-on with the study was an amazing experience because this study provides the reservation with information on the current food system. During this time, I found out that uh, we had something like this before. For example, food caches are um, the Lakota word wakignakapi. With our season camps, uh, root sellers post reservation day and now food hub. And then this shows the modernity of where we were and where we're going as Lakota peoples. That's Erica Weston. She's the social enterprise coordinator here at Thunder Valley CDC. Uh, recently, we just now finished a feasibility study uh, on the reservation, and um, we looked at the different kind of food systems that we have. Erica Weston and Garvin Goodplume of Thunder Valley CDC along with Sweetgrass, developed and directed the study. Village Earth provided GIS services and data mapping related to land and agriculture. They conducted 25 interviews with key opinion leaders, surveyed 27 schools, head starts, and child care facilities, surveyed 70 community members via Facebook, and conducted 18 nutrition assessments at local retailers and schools. In addition, eight farmer ranchers, and 20 gardeners were interviewed and 15 one-hour traffic counts and customer counts were conducted at Common Sense Store located at Sharps Corner, South Dakota. Best practices and lessons learned were examined from over 100 agricultural reports, food hub reports, government reports, and former studies of our communities. We talked to all the schools, all the Head Starts, uh, grocery stores, convenience stores, restaurants. We pretty much had to educate uh, a lot of people about a food hub. When you have a food hub, you create that, that process of making those foods that, are, that, that schools can utilize because food hubs process and package food. So take for carrots, for instance. 
If a farmer grew a lot of carrots, you can, you can take those to a school because the school is a, uh, a certified kitchen, but also you incorporate like the, the labor, the time of processing those foods. And you know, cooks are set with a minimal amount of time for being able to, being able to cook their food and have it ready for, have it ready for the students. But a food hub cuts down that time because you create a you you create a process, you create a uh, you create a process to where the food will come from the the food will come from the farmer, and then you process and package and store and ship to the schools, which takes down the labor time, because schools are uh, schools and cooks are set in an industrial time. So being able to, to cook and serve the food is, is within an amount of time. So if you already set up that system ahead of time, just what, what you do from purchasing food from other distributors, you're able to create that as a local process with local food and understand where that food actually comes from. So are we saving money here or are we... Yeah. Are we uh... I mean, I would like to think that we're saving money here, but maybe you tell me. Yeah, I mean, it it'll still it's the same process, but it's with local food. So the idea is that you're educating and you're understanding where your food comes from. So you're 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 creating a food system that's that's local. So when I say local, it's for us, it's going to be within a forty-five mile radius. But you're also providing that education, you know that knowledge to know like um, my carrots came within that 45 mile radius i mean but, but the economy of it is that we'll be building we'll be building a food economy because it won't come in the it's not going to come off a truck that came 2000 miles away it comes locally and the economy of it is that you're helping to build up more farmers more ranchers more access and more understanding of how that food not only affects the environment, but helps build economy and provides a more viable, nutritious food source for the youth and the families that consume that. Just based on your research and the level of producers that we have in our area, how welcoming do you think that these efforts of a food hub is going to be? It's, it's going to be highly welcoming because it's creating opportunity, creating opportunity by developing new systems that help create jobs, help create resources, help create access to local food, help get nutritious food into our bodies because we're one of the most highly studied reservations across the nation. So our statistics are against us. So creating these food systems helps basically battle those statistics. And every opportunity that we take forward on creating systems, not only within housing, not only with workforce development, is a more positive step. So creating a food hub, it's, we envision a small system with huge output, huge output, because 99% of our food is shipped onto the reservation. 
You know, that's something we figured out within studies. We've done food assessments. Um, we've done assessments in talking to our local community members. And they want access to local food. They want to under... We're talking about younger generations that are coming up want to know where their food is coming from. And we're, part of, we're, we're, we're providing those educational pieces. We have the Lakota Food Sovereignty curriculum that we're putting into schools. We're educating schools. We're providing community engagements. We're providing community workshops around food systems, food development, access to growing. And there's other programs across the reservation who are doing the same thing. Oyate Techa produced... 8,000 pounds of tomatoes this year off of, of a, a greenhouse design, you know, that they implemented. And, and us and every other program that's around food system development is, you know, sparking the interest around food development because for us, our, our food is our spiritual center. Our food is our human center. I mean, without food, you cease to exist. But all those systems have to come into play in order to build food sovereignty, in order to build f food systems regionally also. Like for us here at Thunder Valley, not only are we thinking local within the first 10 years, after 10 years, we're thinking regionally because food is the staple. It's a staple of life. Everything that you consume, everything that you drink, everything comes from some active food source. And so... Food will always be, always be the center of, of economy, always be the center of development, always be, always be that foundation for life, and it's not just it's it's not just a, it's not just an idea, it's actually something that is going to be the longevity because for us as Native nations we have that sovereign ability to create food systems for ourselves but also in the in the the long look of it we could change we could we could make native food systems we could bring back you know bring back our buffalo we could bring back our traditional foods but we do that in a way that's expressive and that that's system designed The study was made possible by support from the Shakopee Metawakden Sioux community. First Nations Development Institute, Notabage the Third Foundation, and the USDA Local Food Promotion Program. To read the comprehensive food hub and grocery store feasibility study, go to thundervalley.org under food sovereignty. Next time on the Thunder Valley CDC podcast. I think we're at a unique time and place in terms of educating young people on the Pine Ridge Reservation. For too long, Lakota arts and culture have been an add-on to the school day and not something that was a key tenant that the rest of a student's education uh, was grounded on. We really have the opportunity moving forward to indigenize an education model where arts and culture become the focus and what it is that students learn over the course of the day is driven by what it means to be a young Oglala Lakota person uh, in 2018, 2019, 2020, and so on. By doing so, we recognize the strengths that exist within our communities and create an opportunity for young folks to be able to value 
and to uh, really pay homage to those folks who work to keep the language alive, who have fought for treaty rights, and who have ensured that young people have the opportunity to be grounded in what it means to be young in Oglala Lakota. Also, don't forget to subscribe. You'll find us wherever you find podcasts. And don't forget to check out our social media networks. Doksha in Lakota, I just said, till next time.